Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Scott Guasco, and this is episode 133 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I recap week six, look ahead to week seven. I've got my ballers and stallers for week six, and I'm going to jump into some waiver wire ads for week seven. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Okay, week six is in the books. Week seven coming up hot. After this week, we will be more than halfway through the fantasy season. Of course, NFL teams play through week 16, but if you are doing your fantasy teams properly, your championship is in week 16, which means playoffs start in week 13. So with week seven behind us after this coming week, we will be more than halfway through. So time to make some moves, time to make a a nice, big, strong finish here to the playoffs. And just like any sport, you really just need to get to the playoffs. Anything can happen once you get to the playoffs. So your objective right now is to get yourself into the playoffs. If you're sitting pretty up at the top, you're doing fine. Stay strong. If you're in the bottom, time to make some moves. Let's get into the week six recap. I've already done the Thursday night game. You can find that on the previous episode between the Giants and the Patriots. Let's get right into Sunday's action. Bright and early for me, West Coast. This was a 6.30 a.m. game. Uh, in London. So we'll go right to London, the Panthers and the Buccaneers. The Panthers get a big win here, 37-26. Panthers 4-2, and two, Bucks 2-4. Two and four. For the Panthers, uh, Christian McCaffrey had a lot of touches in this game, but he was pretty much held in check. He did have a touchdown. And for the Buccaneers, they really controlled this game for the most part. But Jameis Winston, good Lord, five interceptions. He did have 400 yards passing and a touchdown, but five Turnovers for Jameis Winston, and Chris Godwin stays hot, 10 for 151. Nice game out of Mike Evans as well, almost 100 yards there. So big game in London to kick off the day, but the Panthers get a big divisional win, 37-26. Moving into Sunday morning's action, everywhere else as we're used to. Let's go with the Seahawks and the Browns. Seahawks, a big win in Cleveland, 32-28. The Browns had multiple opportunities to actually win this game. For the Seahawks, Russell Wilson stays hot. Uh, two, 295 and two touchdowns. He also had some rushing, uh, t- uh, rushing, um, scores as well. Uh, he had three touchdowns total, so one on the ground. And Chris Carson, 24 carries, 124 and a touchdown. Odo Beckham finally breaks 100 yards, <clears throat> six receptions, 101. Honestly, this should have been a one, a 150 game, 160 game for Odell. He had a great, uh, catch down the sideline where he had just gotten a knee in and they were about to overturn it, but they did uphold the call. So um, he got a huge, I think it was about a 40 yard reception there, 41 yards, which is massive, but he dropped three balls that I saw watching most of this game. Um, and it, maybe one or two of them could have been his quintessential, you know, uh, break a tackle sprint to the end zone for like a 67 yard touch. So Odell did have a nice game, six for one one, but he could have had one fifty easy on this game. So hopefully, he and Baker are uh, starting to find their stride. Baker did get banged up in this game. Looked like he had some sort of a rib hip injury. He went to the locker room, came back out. He ended up finishing the game, and the Browns came up short late in the game. And uh, Chris Carson ran it in uh, to seal the victory for the Seahawks. But Browns looked a little bit better, but they are falling. They fall to uh, 
two and four, zero oh and three at home, and the Seahawks five and one, three and zero oh on the road. So the Seahawks playing very good football right now. To move on to the Texans and the Chiefs, this was a great game. The Chiefs lose their second game in a row in Arrowhead. Texans get a big win here, 31-24. Both teams 4-2. and two. Deshaun Watson, 280 and a touchdown. Carlos Hyde, 116 and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill does return in this game. He had a great early deep touchdown where he basically levitated over a defender, caught the ball, <clears throat> landed on about the three-yard line and muscled his way in for the touchdown. Five catches, 80 yards, and two touchdowns there. Patrick Mahomes, uh, somewhat human statistics. I'll get to him in my ballers and stallers. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, I think, is really um, hampered by that hurt ankle. I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but you see him uh, you know, constantly kind of limping and giving way to that ankle. So uh, he is obviously not 100%, and he's still better than most – quarterbacks in the league at about 70%, but nonetheless, Patrick Mahomes right now is not 100%, and the Chiefs have lost two games in a row at home. So the Texans get a big win, 31-24. Redskins and Dolphins, the tank for two a bowl. Uh, the Dolphins do uh, do their due diligence and come up short right at the very end. Kenyon Drake had uh, had the ability to catch a two-yard, two-point conversion to uh, basically catch the ball and fall into the end zone. Um, to seal the victory for the Dolphins, but he was smart in letting that drop right off of his hands, and uh, they end up losing the game. So the Redskins accidentally win this game 17-16 in Miami. Redskins get their first win of the season. Miami stays winless uh, in their quest for the number one pick in the 2020 draft. And uh, Kenyon Drake is probably looking to get traded, so um, I'm not sure why he wouldn't raise his stock a little bit, but he's helping out his current team right now, so the Dolphins get the loss. Uh, no real stats to cover here. Adrian Peterson does go over 100 yards in this game, but I would sell him immediately. Uh, we'll talk about all-in checker-fold trade targets with Lucas on the next episode, but um, Adrian Peterson had a volume game. He got over 100 yards against a terrible defense. Sell him for anything you can get. And Terry McLaurin stays hot, just four catches in this game, but he goes over 100 once again and two touchdowns. We'll move on to the Vikings and the Eagles. Vikings stay hot. Another huge game for a receiver for the Vikings. Last week it was Adam Thielen after um, you know his squeaky wheel situation. This week it was Stephon Diggs, his squeaky wheel situation. Uh, 38-20, the Vikings did a big win at home, moved to 4-2. and two. The Eagles fall to 3-3. Three and three. Kirk Cousins, another 300-yard game, four touchdowns here. Stephon Diggs, seven catches, 167, and three touchdowns. He had most of that in the first half and cooled off in the second half. But uh, Alexander Madison actually outpaced um, Dalvin Cook in this game as well, 14 carries, 63 yards. So he should be on all benches no matter what. And uh, definitely if you're the Dalvin Cook order owner, you must have Alexander Madison just in case Dalvin Cook does go down. But Stephon Diggs, huge game in this one. Again, over 160 yards receiving and three touchdowns. Uh, and the schedule remains pretty nice for the Vikings moving forward. So I like these receivers. Um, they started off real slow. Everyone was pretty frustrated. But if you can get your hands on these receivers, I would uh, go ahead and do that. Um, although temporary expectations, of course, uh, I'm actually in talks with uh, both I have Adam Thielen and I'm looking to get Diggs in one league and I have Diggs and I'm looking to get Thielen <laughs> in another league. So, um, you know, temper your expectations for either one of these guys. I'm not sure who I like more preseason. I actually liked Diggs to outpace Adam Thielen this year, but he is obviously boom or bust, whereas Adam Thielen is much more steady. So uh, we'll have to see what happens there. But um, uh, 
if you had both of them on your roster, I don't hate that t- t- uh, too much. However, uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, you never know what you're going to get. And if it's a running game, they're not going to throw the ball more than 10 times. So temper your expectations there. But if you can get your hands on these guys, um, it might be worth it moving forward. So the Vikings big win at home, 38-20 over the Eagles. We'll move on to the Saints and Jacksonville Jaguars. This was a really uh, interesting game, actually. This is very, very low scoring. It was 6-6 six to six heading into the fourth quarter, and the Saints got a uh, touchdown in the fourth and pull away with the victory 13-6. to six. Uh, The Saints move to five and one and four and zero under Teddy Bridgewater, and the Jags fall to four. uh, Excuse me, two and four. Uh, Teddy B two forty and a touchdown. Leonard Fournette stays hot, twenty carries, seventy two yards, and Michael Thomas gets his eight for eighty nine. So the Saints um, don't do much on the road uh, outdoors. That's just kind of their forte. Uh, But they do get a big win here um, against a uh, you know pretty steady. Jaguars team. So um, Jags are two and four, but they're a pretty solid team and they could beat most teams in the league. So uh, really, um, really good game here. Tight defensive battle, but the Saints do get the win 13 to six. Ravens and Bengals. Ravens take care of business. Bengals fall to 0 six. Bengals or Ravens move to four and two, 23 17 in a divisional game. Lamar Jackson, another hundred over, uh, another hundred on the ground in the first half and 230 through the air. Um, he had 150 yards on the ground in the touchdown uh, on 19 carries. So Lamar Jackson uh, doing work. Um, Mark Andrews, six catches, 99 yards there. And uh, for the Bengals, Joe Mixon, just 10 yards on the ground. Tyler Boyd uh, kind of flopped in this game. And Auden Tate, who's been a nice pickup, did get a touchdown um, and 100 yards there. So nice game. We're still not sure what's going on with A.J. Green. He may get traded. Uh, the Bengals have said that he's not going to get traded, but I never believe any of that shit until the trade deadline passes. I do think he will get traded. Um, it would make sense for A.J. Green. It would make sense for the Bengals to get what they can from him, and to get A.J. Green on a contender late in his career would be ideal for him. So hopefully he can get to that point. But uh, right as of right now, A.J. Green is still on the bench. Ravens 23, Bengals 17. Let's go on to the afternoon games. Uh, the Niners pick up a huge win on the road in L.A. The Niners stay undefeated 20-7 to over the Rams. Rams fall to 3-3, three and three, Niners 5-0. and oh. This was 7-7 to seven and a half. Niners come out, score 10 in the third, and then another field goal in the fourth quarter and start to pull away. The Niners' defense is legit. Uh, the Patriots are the number one defense on paper and in fantasy, but the Niners are right behind them in pretty much every single category. Their offense is playing good enough as the Patriots' offense is playing good enough, but their defenses, both of their defenses, are excellent right now. So through five or six games, respectively, for each team, they're both playing very, very well. So the Niners get a huge win on the road, remain undefeated. They're obviously undefeated on the road uh, as well and in the division. So Niners looking good right now. Jimmy G, 243 and a pick. Still not excited about him. Uh, Tevin Coleman returns um, for a, kind of a full-scale game. 18 carries, just 45 yards, but he does get the goal line work and a touchdown there. So um, Tevin Coleman looks good. And uh, George Kittle, business as usual, uh, 8 for 103. He absolutely destroys the Rams. So huge game for George Kittle, but the Niners stand defeated 20-7 to in a big divisional win. Cardinals and Falcons. This was a shootout. This was, uh, you know, kind of thought as to be uh, probably a terrible NFL game, which it was, but a nice fantasy game where everybody eats. Falcons lose again. 
34 to 33. The Cardinals get the win, move to two, three, and one. Falcons, one and five. Matt Ryan, big game, 356 and four touchdowns in a losing effort. Devonta Freeman, a nice game, 88 and uh, a handful of receptions through the air as well in a touchdown there. And uh, two touchdowns, excuse me. Um, and Austin Hooper, eight for 117 in a touchdown. So the Falcons were doing work. Uh, Kyler Murray had a great game in this one. David Johnson had two touchdowns. Chase Edmonds had a touchdown, um, excuse me, two touchdowns. So um, everybody was was eating in this game. However, it was <laughs> no defense allowed and uh, a high-scoring game. But unfortunately for the Falcons, they fall to 1-5, and 0-4 oh on the road. And again, I had a bold prediction early in the season that the Falcons would either be the best team in the NFC or the worst team in the NFC. Um, and right now, they are terrible. That defense is very, very bad. So the Cardinals get a win here at home, 34-33. Broncos and Titans. Broncos shut out the Titans 16-6. to Marcus Mariota is pulled in this game. He's benched after throwing two interceptions. On the other side, uh, the Broncos, Joe Flacco, uh, under 200 yards and a pick, but they get it done. Phillip Lindsay, just 70 yards on the ground in the touchdown, and Cortland Sutton, four for 76, but the Broncos get it done. Both teams, two and four. Not much to mention in this game. We'll talk to Lucas about it. I know he'll be stoked that his guys are two and zero in the last two weeks, but not much to talk about in this game. Uh, the Titans get shut out on the road, and it uh, looks like Ryan Tannehill may be the starter in Week 7. We'll see what happens there, but Marcus Mariota gets pulled for lack of production. Last game of the afternoon, the Jets upset the Cowboys. This one's in New Jersey. The Jets get the first win of the season, get to 1-4. and four. The Cowboys fall to 3-3. Three and three. They started 3-0. They've fallen to 0-3 in the last three games, and they are now tied with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles atop the NFC East. Jets get a big win at home, 24-22, upsetting the Cowboys. Sam Darnold returns for his first game after uh, his stint with Mono the last month. Big game, 338 and two touchdowns. Robbie Anderson, 5 for 125 and a touchdown. A lot of that came on a 92-yard touchdown for Robbie Anderson. So if you take that away, that's four catches for 32 yards, 33 yards, excuse me. Um, just to put it in perspective, I know that's going to look good on your fantasy stat line and it's going to look good on the NFL box score, but just realize that Robbie Anderson is pretty much the biggest boomer bust receiver in the league. He looks a lot better with Sam Darnold, I'll give you that. Uh, but if you can sell him high right now, I would do that. If uh, you can't, then I would hold him because I think he'll be just fine. But he's going to have weeks where he's going to be four for 32, but he's also going to have weeks where he's going to be five for 125 and a long touchdown. So if you're in bonus leagues or best ball, Robbie Anderson's your guy. Otherwise, I might stay away from him. Uh, Sam Arnold, Sam Arnold, Sam Darnold looked nice. Uh, Lev Bell got plenty of work per usual, um, but, you know, could have had a better game there. Zeke Elliott, uh, 28 carries, 105 and a touchdown. So usually 28 carries and 100 yards and a touchdown is great for any other running back. For Zeke Elliott to almost get 30 carries and come up with just 100 yards and a touchdown is somewhat concerning. That offensive line is much different without Tyron Smith, who sat in this game. Lyle Collins was also out. So that is two huge gaps for the Cowboys offensive line. And um, on the other side, the Jets defense played really well up front. They were fired up in this game to get their quarterback back, also to uh, host a big team at home. The Jets definitely showed up and played very well to their credit. So um, Dak didn't play very well. Amari Cooper left the game with a thigh contusion. It might turn into more of that. He could miss. Uh, week seven, Michael Gallup played pretty well, but we'll see if he can be that number one target there in Dallas. But the Jets come up with a huge upset win here, 24-22. Move on to the Sunday night. Uh 
Sunday night game between the Steelers and the Chargers, and then we'll get on to Monday night and Ballers and Stallers. So the Steelers get a big win in L.A. Uh, it looked like there were more Steelers fans than Chargers fans in this game. Um, you know, nice work, Los Angeles. Uh, the Rams game also had more Niners fans than Rams fans because Rams fans live in St. Louis and Chargers fans live in San Diego. So it's probably going to take a few more years for Los Angeles to actually come to fruition on that. We'll see how it goes the rest of the season. But the Steelers really show up after some struggling weeks here. They get a win. They move to two and four. And uh, the Chargers fall to two and four as well. So once again, the Steelers uh, 24-17. Steelers were leading this game 21-0 at halftime. Chargers put up 17 in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't quite enough. Phillip Rivers, 320 and two touchdowns, but he did not look very good in this game. Just 26 for 44, missing wide receivers all over the place. Mike Williams in particular could have had a humongous game, uh, and he missed him on a handful of deep throws there. Benny Snell... Uh, kind of outpaced James Conner. Conner did have two touchdowns, but Benny Snell had 75 yards on 17 carries as well. So definitely a committee. And with Jalen Samuels out, looks like Benny Snell is that guy. And Hunter Henry returns for eight catches, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. A nice toe-tap touchdown in the back of the end zone uh, and another slant right over the middle. So Hunter Henry is back. So we lose um, a tight end in Will Disley, unfortunately, with a torn Achilles uh, in the Seahawks game. But we do get uh, Hunter Henry back. So um, Hunter Henry is definitely, uh, I mean, he's the, the number one streamer if you have him on your waiver somehow. But he is definitely... Um, going to be helping teams down the stretch here if he stays healthy. So the Steelers get a big win. Chargers fall, and they are hurting. Not really sure what to do with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. We'll talk more about them tomorrow. Monday Night Football, the Packers get a big win. Last minute, uh, a last second, really, uh, walk-off kickoff uh, or kick, sorry, a walk-off field goal by uh, Mason Crosby. Um, to give the Packers the win, they get to five and one. They could have been six and zero oh and undefeated uh, if not for a, a ridiculous loss early in the season. Uh, but the Lions fall to two two and one. Really good team in the Lions, honestly. I just think they're a couple pieces away and a couple bad breaks. The officials, I'm not really one to bitch about officiating. Um, Maybe I'll talk more about this with Lucas tomorrow. I'm not going to get too far into it, but there were some pretty rough calls late in the game that went against the Lions that just shouldn't have, that gave the Packers the opportunity to tie it up and win the game late, and the Packers did just that, 23-22. Aaron Rodgers, 283 and two touchdowns. He had a, a last-minute drive and a nice 35-yard touchdown to help bolster that. Jamal Williams, 14 carries, 104 yards on the ground. Uh, he also had a tap pass reception for a touchdown as well. Uh, so after four touchdowns from Aaron Jones, uh, he did nothing in the game except for fumble and drop a 35-yard wide-open touchdown. Um, so yikes. This is a running back committee by uh, you know, by default for sure, at least. Uh, but they, we've seen for two years now how much the Packers organization wants Jamal Williams to succeed. And Aaron Jones has done everything he possibly can to ball the fuck out. And they just refuse to let him do that when Jamal Williams is healthy. So Jamal Williams may be the starter. We don't know. He's definitely a one-two punch there in Green Bay. Kenny Galladay, five catches, 121. And Carryon Johnson gets a touchdown as well for the... Lions on by this week. A reminder the Bills, the Bears, the Colts, and the Raiders were all on by. But that is your week seven recap. And after the break, we'll get into our ballers and stallers and a couple of waiver ads.
Hey, listeners, if you like what you're hearing, you want to find us outside the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast page. You can, of course, drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. Go visit our website, tckpod.com. No www, just tckpod.com for weekly uh, waiver ads, weekly rankings, and Lucas's Start Sit article. And, of course, um, you can find more information on our podcast. So subscribe, please, to the podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rate and review. We much appreciate it. Uh, before we get into my ballers installers and week seven waiver ads here's a quick word from our sponsor anchor stay tuned hey tck potters i want to give a shout out to anchor which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes have you ever thought about starting your own podcast when i was trying to get this podcast off the ground i had a lot of questions like how do i record a podcast how do i record an episode how do i get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to and how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, Go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Ballers and installers for week six. Matt Ryan up at the top for the quarterback position, 30.9 fantasy points. Big game, 356 and four touchdowns. Lamar Jackson doing it on the ground and through the air. He almost had more rushing yards than he did passing. 236 through the air and 152 and a touchdown on the ground. Deshaun Watson, 280 and a touchdown. Another 42 and two rushing scores on the ground. Russell Wilson, 295 and two uh, through the air and 31 and one on the ground. Kyler Murray, 340 and three touchdowns. So this is really his breakout game, which is awesome, but he does not get to face the Falcons every single week. So temporary expectations on Kyler Murray, but this is definitely a positive sight to see. And another 32 yards on the ground. Kirk Cousins stays hot, 333 and four touchdowns through the air. And Tom Brady, 334 and two uh, one-yard rushing scores on Thursday Night Football. A couple honorable mentions here. Uh, Carson Wentz. 300 yards and two touchdowns. Sam Darnold, 338, two touchdowns. And Baker Mayfield, 250 and a touchdown. He also had a um, uh, a rushing score as well, but um, pretty rough day overall. It's hard to put Patrick Mahomes in the Stallers category after three touchdowns, but 273 and three touchdowns was fine in a shootout. 
but he does not look 100% Pat Mahomes. Again, 60% of Pat Mahomes is better than most quarterbacks in the league, but um, you know, temporary expectations right now on Patrick Mahomes. If there's somehow you can go buy Patrick Mahomes, uh, I would go do that, but um, he's just not looking 100% right now with that ankle. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 283 and two touchdowns. And then um, for the for real ball uh, stallers, I should say, Dak Prescott, 277, a rushing touchdown, but no through the air. Kyle Allen, 225 and two touchdowns. Case Keenum, 166, two touchdowns. Phillip Rivers, 320 and two touchdowns. And of course, Jameis Winston, 400 yards, but one touchdown, five picks jimmy g just 243 no touchdowns matt stafford 265 and no touchdowns there as well garner Minshew, popular streaming option uh 163 and no touchdowns for him either and jared goff 78 yards he was not injured 78 yards three for 24 78 yards and no touchdowns the niners defense is the truth let's get into the running backs up at the top james connor uh, 16 carries, 41 yards and a touchdown, another seven catches, 78 yards and a touchdown for 30 plus fantasy points there in PPR leagues. Nick Chubb, another big game, 20 for 122 and two touchdowns, another 17 through the air. David Johnson, two scores on the day, over 100 total yards. Devonta Freeman, nice breakout game for 2019. 19 carries, 88 yards, and 30 more on the ground, or 30 more through the air with two touchdowns. Zeke Elliott, 105 and a touchdown, but another 47 through the air. You like to see that. Chris Carson, 125 and a touchdown, another 35 through the air. Jamal Williams, 14 carries, 104, four catches, 32 yards, and that touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, not much in the yards department, just 57 total yards, but he does have two touchdowns on 26 touches. Miles Sanders, a big game through the air, specifically three catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Carlos Hyde, over 100 yards and a touchdown. And Leonard Fournette, over 100, uh, 110 total yards, no touchdown for Leonard Fournette once again, but he gives you uh, 26 touches. Adrian Peterson, 100 yards. Um, and Philip Lindsay gets a touchdown on the ground. Some honorable mentions, Mark Ingram, uh, Chase Edmonds, Carrion Johnson, Tevin Coleman all have a touchdown, but not so much of a big game, and some uh, stallers. Alvin Kamara, once again, 11 for 31 and 7 for 35, just not the same without Drew Brees, but he'll be just fine when Brees returns. If you can get Alvin Kamara cheap right now, go do it. James White, just 9 for 46, uh, negative one rushing yards on two carries, so obviously not a running back, but much of a receiver out of the backfield. Dalvin Cook, uh, 16 carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown, a short touchdown, but it was all about the pass game in in, uh, Minnesota in Week 6. Duke Johnson does get a touchdown, but not much elsewhere. Sonny Michelle straight up outplayed by uh, Brandon Bolden, who had um, two touchdowns uh, on the game. And, you know, it's interesting to see this. Uh, excuse me, he had one touchdown on the game, but it's interesting to see how the the uh, Patriots backfield is going with Brandon Bolden getting the goal line work. Sonny Michelle getting between the 20s. Uh, James White getting work out of the backfield and Rex Burkhead kind of, you know, injured. But when he comes back, who's going to fall by the wayside? We'll see what happens. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, just 50 yards, 53 total yards on 15 carries. And uh, a couple other names, Matt Breida, not much on this week. Damian Williams, Aaron Jones, again, just 47 yards on the ground, 13 through the air. And uh, LaShawn McCoy, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, uh, some other dud games here. Um, and uh, Malcolm Brown didn't do much filling in for Derrick Henry, or excuse me, Derrick Henry. Uh, Todd Gurley and Derrick Henry had kind of a dud game as well. Go to the receivers. Uh, Stephon Diggs, really the player of the week, over 43 PPR fantasy points. Um, 
he had uh, two rushes for 18 yards as well, but seven for 60, 167 and three touchdowns on 11 targets. Terry McLaurin, 102. Chris Godwin, 10 catches for 151. Tyreek Hill, 80 and two. Samuel, Jeffrey, uh, Anderson, and Tate all had touchdowns and uh, 17 targets for Mike Evans, but just nine receptions, 96 yards there. Julian Edelman and Julio Jones go over 100 yards, but no touchdowns. Kenny Galladay also over 100 yards. Odell Beckham also over 100 yards, but none of those guys had touchdowns. Uh, New Hopkins and Michael Thomas and Adam Thielen, um, you know, somewhat dud games, but, you know, you're going to keep their workload always 12 targets uh, for Nuke and Michael Thomas. And uh, Adam Thielen gets a short touchdown there. Couple, um, couple stallers on the week. Uh, DJ Moore, um, just seventy-three yards. Calvin Ridley, forty-eight. He does get a touchdown. Auden Tate, ninety-one yards. I think I said it over a hundred uh, earlier, but ninety-one yards for him. Larry Fitzgerald, sixty-nine yards. Tyler Lockett, seventy-five. Mike Williams, ten targets, five receptions. Again, Philip Rivers missed him on a handful of deep passes. So Mike Williams should have had about one hundred and twenty yards in this game and a touchdown or two, but missed him there. Cortland Sutton, not much. DK Metcalf as well. Struggling and uh, Will Fuller dropped two touchdowns for sure, maybe even three touchdowns on this game. He left with a, a thumb injury. Michael Gallup, four for 48, but he might get an uptick with uh, Amari Cooper out potentially for a week seven. Keep an eye on that. And then uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling, two for 48, not really been able to fill in for Devontae Adams. And Robert Woods uh, stays tamed, as well as DJ Chark this week, three for 43. Not much going on there for. Uh, uh, for the Jags against the Saints. We'll go into the um, tight ends real quick. Hunter Henry, huge game in his uh, game back, 30 fantasy points, eight for 102 touchdowns. Austin Hooper, over 100 yards. Kittle, over 100 yards. Mark Andrews, 99. Ricky Seals-Jones stays hot with a touchdown. And Cook, Brait, Max Williams, and Ryan Griffin all score touchdowns as well. Some quick uh, stallers. Travis Kelsey, four for 58. If you can get Travis Kelsey right now, go do it. Uh, Greg Olson, not much, four for 52. Zach Ertz, uh, four for 54. Delaney Walker, three for 43. And TJ Hawkinson, two for 21. OJ Howard remains pretty much non-existent, two for 35 as well, unfortunately. So those are your ballers and stallers for week seven. And very quickly, I will end you, or end this, end you. I will end this episode with some, um, some early waiver pickups now these are these are guys that may or may not be under waiver wires obviously but you may want to take a look at them really quickly quarterbacks jimmy g uh garner Minshew, if they're still out there go scoop them up daniel jones kirk cousins obviously staying hot and jacoby Brissett coming off of a bye running back position malcolm brown even though he didn't do much for todd Gurley, if todd Gurley misses more time the niners defense is very very good malcolm brown should see better days Pick him up at the running back position if you can. Alexander Madison for the Vikings, again, especially if you have uh, Dalvin Cook, but even if you don't, pick up Alexander Madison. Jamal Williams might be the starting running back for the Packers. Pick him up. Raheem Mostert, um, there's a lot of mouths to feed in San Francisco. However, uh, Raheem Mostert looks to be a viable option if Tevin Coleman or Brito were to go down. And don't forget about TJ Yeldon and Devin Singletary in Buffalo coming off of a bye as well. For the receivers, Auden Tate, if he's still out there, he looks like that number two, maybe even a number one if if uh, Boyd were to struggle or get injured and we don't know what's going to happen with um, A.J. Green. If A.J. Green moves on now that they have a solid receiver in Auden Tate, then that could be even a boost for him moving forward. Deshaun Hamilton, not seeing much, but just a name to keep out there. Uh, 
to see what happens with um, Emmanuel Sanders and his uh, injuries that are adding up here. Uh, Cole Beasley coming off a bye, Darius Slayton uh, with the Giants, and then Geronimo Allison and MVS struggling a little bit with Devontae Adams out, and they might not even be a factor when Devontae Adams comes back, but just keep an eye there on deep benches. Eric Ebron, Dawson Knox, Darren Fells, uh, Dallas Goddard, and Tyler Eifert for the um, tight ends. And, of course, Hunter Henry would be the number one there. Jason Witten's another name that might be out there. I still think O.J. Howard is worth being owned. I just don't know that you can count on starting him uh, for the tight ends. And then a couple defenses, Green Bay uh, versus Oakland this week. Um, Green Bay is at home. Oakland is coming off of a bye, but Green Bay's defense has looked very, very good. So I like Green Bay as my top streamer. Houston versus the Colts coming off of a bye. Um, I like that a lot, just a a nice uh, defense up front. And then Seattle versus Baltimore, Kansas City versus Denver, and and the uh, Arizona Cardinals versus the uh, New York um, football Giants. So keep an eye on – keep an eye on those defenses that you may want to start – you know, planning ahead for the playoffs. So when you're looking at a defensive streamer, I'm not saying hold a defense for seven weeks until the playoffs because they have a nice, you know, week 14 matchup. I'm just saying keep an eye on them so that you can plan ahead because when it becomes week 11, 12, 13, if you're, you know, 9-0, and 10-0 and at that point and you have a roster spot or two to burn, you may want to hold two or three defenses. I did last year when I went undefeated in the league of record. I had two kickers. I had Guskowski and Zerline, and I switched them depending on the uh, matchup, which worked out. Uh, most of the time. And then I also had two or three defenses at a time and I played those depending on matchups. And that really, really helps. So keep an eye on that moving forward. Um, But those are your waiver pickups. We'll talk about a handful more with Lucas on tomorrow's episode, but have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday and uh, best of luck on the waiver wire and get it in week seven. That'll do it for this episode. Please shoot us an email at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram or Twitter. Of course, go to our website, tckpod.com for weekly waiver wire ads, my weekly rankings, Lucas's start, sit articles, and more. If you found any value from this podcast, please give us a rate and review on the podcast and make sure you subscribe as well so you don't miss anything. Give us a like and a follow on social media as it really does mean a lot to us and we much, much appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your Tuesday. Best of luck in week seven, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. I'm Scott Guasco, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.